Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Each year, approximately 5,000 children are diagnosed with brain cancer. Of those children, nearly 30% will not survive, and many of those that do are left with debilitating side effects for life. We're asking you to help by tuning in to the 10th Annual Team Jack Foundation Radiothon presented by the Home Agency on September 29th. Become a champion for a cure for just $20 a month. Visit teamjackfoundation.org to learn more. Thank you for helping us fight for a cure. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back into it at Tower 2, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by Currency. For all your equipment financing needs, go Currency. We say hi to Matt Schick with us, of course, Schick and Nick Podcast. And you, you know him from ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, and ESPNU. Okay, uh, do you have old glory out as a cape right now? Are you racing around the backyard? The U.S. is advanced in the World Cup, Schick. You know, this is going to be really sad for me to say, okay? And I am, I love my country. I love everything. Don't love soccer, but I love my country. Uh, proud to be an American. So don't take this the wrong way. But there is something about all of us rooting for the same team that just isn't as fun. You know, it's just not as fun. It's, uh, you can't trash talk at work. You know, you can't, you can't brag to your buddy like we're all living here you know so it's like i don't get as into it as others but i'm happy that we won does that make sense like it doesn't change my life it doesn't change my minute to minute it's cool that we won but man you know uh you get colorado on the field against uh you know an arch rival and uh you know i might feel something different no i i I get you now if you Work at a place that has a coworker from another country, and, <laughs> and, and and you start talking around the water cooler, and you just pray he's not, uh, you know, an obsessed soccer hooligan. You don't get stabbed in the neck. I mean, it could go sideways. <laughs> it could. It could. That's that's why you know you just have to tread lightly. You know, whether he's a, a fan of a soccer team from another country or you know he's an Auburn fan, right? I mean, it's all. <laughs> <laughs> you are you are correct, sir. <laughs> Careful when SEC fan you you tick off at work. <laughs> That's it. Make sure you don't have any those non conference games can really be treacherous to work, you know. Well, every time we'd go to Boulder and it's turned into non conference, but 
uh, I'm going to say you guys, and I don't mean it that way, but you. That's yeah, fine. That's fine. <laughs> somebody. <laughs> you guys. <laughs> somebody have to come back, and they need a new paint job or a new set of tires or someone to take a tire <laughs> iron to the windshield. I mean, uh, you guys were really good at, at making people run for the border back to Nebraska back in the day. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it's like you could say, hey, you know, be careful in this other country. You know, when you're rooting for this team or that team or you declare you're an American, I'm like, don't worry about it. I'm a Nebraska fan. I've been to Boulder in an away game. I'm fine. I get it. Okay? I, I know how bad this can be. I've, I've gone through the fire, and we'll, we'll figure this out. Yeah, those were great days. Those were just really fun, fun days, especially for your deductible. That was a good, good fun. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of money, a, a boatload of it spent on Matt Rule. Uh, seventy-four million dollars over eight years. Whatever, Carolina got kicked back as well, and then the assistant pool for is seven million. So uh, a big-time investment by Trev. But Matt, uh, really interesting press conference yesterday. Uh, alignment, the word of the day. But seems like Nebraska, as we're used to doing this here every five years in the state, can take a step forward and. Uh, I think uh, Rule hit all the right notes yesterday. Yeah, he did. You kind of learned that there's no, you can't put a price tag on winning, right? I mean, <laughs> you could have said $150 million, and Husker fans like, well, does it mean we're going to win a championship? Yeah, okay, fine. Where do I sign the check, even though it's not coming out of my coffer? I mean, uh, you can only lose so much before you start, uh, you stop uh, tightening the wallet. Um, but yeah, I, I thought, you know, and, and going in, and I've said time and again when his name, when he was fired here in Charlotte, uh, tweeted it out. Just felt, you know, he should be number one on the list for a lot of different reasons. I remember watching his news conference here in Charlotte and just being blown away by just how he commanded the room and how great he was. And I, I've said, you know, him and him, Trev would be a great duo pulling in the right direction and, and winning over people. And, and, of course, you know, winning the conference and press conference is one thing. Winning the Big Ten conference is something completely different. But we don't have any games right now, so that's – that's all you can do. But um, you're right about hitting the right notes. And, you know, from line of scrimmage to Husker tradition to family, I mean, I, he, um, I don't know who gave him the rundown about the right things to say, but as the son of a pastor, he probably didn't need too much help. And I just, you know, and the things I've liked the most about him is that, you know, I was asked on KETV, our buddy Andy Kendi asked mm-hmm. me the night before, you know, what advice would you give to, Matt Rule, and mine was just be yourself, be authentic, be available, uh, and let people know that you care. And, you know, he's out to dinner. You read he's out to dinner last night in Lincoln. He's hanging out. He's, he's not shying away uh, from anybody, at least not yet. You know, when you lose a few games, you might want to go inside a little bit more often. But he's undefeated right now. He's vulnerable. He's available. He's authentic. And you go online and see how he talked about, you know, he gave us, talk about how he was ready to give up on his marriage. I mean, that's a far cry from anything you've heard over the last 10 years in that football office about letting people know exactly who you are and that you're one of them. And you might be rich, but you're not perfect. Um, so there's, there's a lot of good things there that I think can, can help you get through the offseason and get you to spring ball if you're a Husker fan. Now, Matt, whenever I listen back to his presser yesterday, it really does strike me, and I think this was the initial impression, but it just strikes me how good of a speaker he is. He did all hit all the right notes, and 
I, I keep coming back to the, is that lip service or, or is that actually what he believes? Because he is such a, a gifted speaker. But then I, I sit back and I also try to quantify the fact that, you know what, being a gifted speaker is really important whenever you're at a, a high-level Power 5 gig like Nebraska. So what, what's your take on just that, the, the, the gifted speaker versus, you know, going and proving it on the field? Well, I mean, you know, you can be a gifted speaker and be a bad president. You can be a gifted speaker and be a bad football coach. You know, it's not a given for anything. But, um, you know, I, I will say that I, I think with the things about him is that, you know, if someone had something bad to say about him, they would have said it by now. You know, if a former player had a bad time and a bad experience with Matt Rule, you would have heard it by now. And that doesn't mean that he's going to do everything right. Um, you know, the, he might be the son of a preacher, but he's not God. You know, he's not perfect. Um, so he's got to figure this thing out, and he's going to have a bunch of missteps. But I, I said on our Chicken Nick podcast a while ago, I said, you know, when this next head coach is hired, no matter who it is, because you were kind of going down the list of candidates, I said, you're going to be so refreshed. And I, I think I said, especially if it's Matt Rule, but talking about other candidates as well. It's going to be so refreshing to hear a coach up there who sounds like a head coach. And I said that even after Big Ten Media Days, when things were going south for Scott Frost, you reflect on Big Ten Media Days and just how everyone sounds like a head coach except Scott. And that doesn't mean he's not a good coach it does mean that the first impression isn't great. And if you're going to recruit and you're going to win over prospects, you're going to win over the fans, you're going to win funds, you know, and, and raise money, you got to be able to have a good first impression. And I think that's where Matt Rule hits all run. Matt Schick with us from ESPN, Sirius XM, the Schick and Nick podcast, and find him on Twitter at ESPN underscore Schick. I think that the communication part is – vital and that's that's one thing to be able to do it when the cameras are on but rule based on his builds and based on his turnarounds have been able has been able to communicate to not only his position coaches his assistant uh, head coach but but also the, the players have bought in and then they've uh they've figured out his plan and they've won and they've won in in short order What's your feel on Nebraska right now? Say, let's just play this game for a second. Say Mickey comes back, they give him a hefty raise, and it's the best he's going to do financially. Uh, and, and it outweighs a potential head coaching job somewhere else, assuming he would get said head coaching job with no coordinator experience. So say Mickey's taken care of, you got majority of the roster that returns, what could year one look like for a rule? What should year one look like with that part of the equation we've just spelled out? Well, I did interview Johnny the Jet Rogers this morning, and he assured me that Mickey's coming back. So I know he said that to everybody, but he assured me personally that he's coming back, uh, that it's a done deal. So take that to the bank uh, with Johnny the Jet Rogers. So let's assume that what you're saying with Mickey is correct. Um, I think what that does is it alleviates attrition, uh, because when you have a new head coach, I'm, I'm wondering what's going to go on at Wisconsin, how much attrition you're going to have, especially if Jim Leonard's not involved moving forward. But the fact that Matt Rule talked to Scott Frost and talked about, hey, what coach or two or what coaches should I keep an eye on, the fact that he's already met with Casey Thompson. Now, Matt Rule's not an idiot. He knows 
it's like, hey, I need that quarterback, and he was pretty good. And you know, do I want door number three, or do I want the given known quantity of a guy who could probably get me to a bowl game? So um, I think the attrition aspect is going to be the key about all of this. But let's assume everything you said is right. Um, you know, this wasn't a great roster, but it had enough pieces to get to a bowl game. Um, but with a new offensive playbook, there's going to be learning curves. How is he going to, you know, mold the system to his players versus square peg round hole? All of those types of things that he talked about at the dais that you know, would lead you to believe that he, he's, gonna, he's not going to sacrifice tomorrow for today, but he's also not going to, you know, make sure that uh, his system is in place, even if it means losing a ton of games, because the kids understand and the recruits get it uh, that, you know, the tradition is what you did last week, not last century. And so you need to win. And, so, and winning is really important in showing progress is important. And so um, I think his patience will be balanced with his passion for winning. And I think my guess, my realistic expectation was kind of like what it was last year and kind of like what it was the year before. This team should have been to a bowl game this year, and it should have been to a bowl game in Scott Frost's uh, penultimate season. And so I, I think that's realistic expectations uh, going in. I also think this, though, that if Matt Rule played it smart, they'd play very competitive and win like five games. Like that would be, that would be the ideal scenario for Matt Rule because the last thing you want to do is set the bar too high. Look at Mel Tucker. Look at Brady Hoke. You know, baby steps, baby. And uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, with but with the transfer portal, um, the patience wears thin pretty quickly. But but I think a bowl game is fairly uh, conceivable, and frankly, it should be the minimum. Matt Shake is with us here on Hale Varsity Radio, and Matt, I want to talk about the other big hire of the weekend. That's Luke Fickle, because there's always going to be the the, the comparison between the two based on the, the timing of the hires, the same offseason, the, the same weekend, really, and. We can assume sitting here based on timing and based on contract numbers that Matt Rule was the pick over Luke Fickle and can't confirm that, but that's kind of reading in between the lines on the situation. I want to get your take. It's a two-part question, and it could be the same answer from you. Which hire do you think has more wow factor from a a national perspective? And then to follow that up, which hire do you think personally is better fit for the program where they're at right now? Well, I, I would say in terms of fit and need, it's probably rule because you needed a builder. Uh, but in terms of the wow factor and how the heck did they pull that off, I don't think it's any question that it's Luke Fickle. Luke Fickle wasn't even like top 12 on bet AG or bet.ag, whatever those bet. Sorry, guys, I don't bet, even though it's kind of a lie. I don't know those websites. But uh, top 12 coaching prospects for Wisconsin, he wasn't even in the betting role for that he wasn't on the radar and so the fact that a luke fickle turned down michigan state when mel tucker got the gig tells you that that's a pretty good hire and uh and one that i think you know based on his track record and his recent success i mean delivering a conference not only a team to a playoff but a conference to a power five that's a wow factor for me and so um, in terms of fit, it feels like rule with what he's saying and what Nebraska needs. But in terms of the wow factor and the more impressive hire that they pulled it off, I, I would say it's fickle. Auburn and you freeze. You uh, know the SEC well. you uh, has been really good wherever he's been on the field, and they've won ball games. What 
what type of what you freeze is headed to the plains at Auburn? Are they gonna are they gonna be able to to be back at it on the field in short order under him? And do you think he's rehabbed? Well, I think he's he'd better be rehabbed. Um, I think the if you can't get rehabbed with the public ostracization that happened to him over the last five to ten years then I'm not sure how you're ever going to figure it out. Yeah. Uh, I know he's a self-professed man of faith, and that certainly doesn't mean you're perfect. That's why you find faith, because you, you are far from perfect. Um, but at the same time, you do pay prices for your transgressions, and there are consequences. I think he's paid those. Uh, I think if he, as long as he comes to the job with a, with a humble spirit and a servant's heart, you know, I think that'll win some people over. Um, but I think you know, back to the on-field stuff, the, the attrition aspect, I think, gets alleviated by keeping Cadillac Williams. Again, he's not an idiot. Uh, he, he understands, hey, this guy was really good, won some games, won over the locker room, and he can help me win more games, kind of like the, the, the Mickey and Rule aspect, So and maybe the Leonard Fickle aspect if he stays on. So, um, but, but I think, you know, there aren't, there's not a long list of people that have bitten, beaten Nick Saban more than once, and Hugh Freeze is on that list, so... Um, I think he'll be fine, and uh, I just wonder. It's just an it's just an awful setup there at Auburn. There's just, I mean, you're asking someone to cook a meal, and there's 38 chefs in there fighting over the ingredients. Like that's that's just how it goes. And so you got to find a quarterback. They didn't have one this year. They don't have one on the roster. Um, but again, the transfer portal, NIL, you can fix that pretty quickly. Like what you hear, high-quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And now, and now back to Hail Varsity Radio. Matt Schick with us, of course, Schick and Nick podcast. And you, you know him from ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, and ESPNU. Matt, is it fixable in Madison for Leonard? Well, it's certainly going to be awkward. Uh, I said that uh, today on the, the Sirius XM show that I do. It's just so stinking awkward for him and Luke Fickle. And Luke is saying, hey, you know, I'm gonna, I'd like to coach this team in the bowl game but not be the head coach. Maybe I'll coach punters. Maybe I'll coach D-line. It's like, how do you do that? <laughs> how, do you, how do you do that when you've got Jim Leonard, the guy who you beat for the job, is the, quote, head coach for one more game? Is this his last audition for another job? Or before he jumps ship, um, the, that that situation is so tenuous um, that I just wonder, and with the ease of player movement with the portal, I wonder what that looks like. Um, you know, I can't see Leonard going to Nebraska. I can't see I can't see that. I think Luke Fickle and them will do whatever they can to keep him if they want him. But um, Luke Fickle being a defensive guy, do they even see things the right the same way? Are they even in alignment? We talk about that key buzzword from Matt Rule. So I, 
it, it's hard to imagine him staying, um, and it's hard to imagine this next month going very smoothly. But you haven't heard a peep from Leonard, and maybe that's a good thing. Maybe just he's got to just keep quiet for another week or so because his silence can also be auditioning for another job. And the last thing you want him to be is, uh, you know, is a bad apple and sour grapes about this whole thing. He'll land on a suite somewhere. I just I can't see it's him staying there. I really can't. College football playoff and championship weekend. We'll get there before we get you out, Matt Schick, with us. And first, let's talk playoff. And where, where do you believe Ohio State and, and Alabama are, are at? You've had some of the who's who fade in the SEC, some tough finishes to the year for a couple of schools. Ohio State got absolutely annihilated again by Michigan. So they're, uh, they're not what they once were. The, the top four is set right now, but all right, let's. Who's knocking on the door? Who do you think the uh, the, the fifth best team is, or the sixth best team? Uh, who's threatening that playoff spot? Yeah, I think it's Ohio State. I think they're the fifth best team. I think the knee jerk coming out of the game against Michigan was, how could you have them even on the cusp? But if you go back and watch the game, if you go back and look at the box score, down to down, Ohio State was fine. Down to down, they were right there with Michigan. And I know it's bad to say, like, hey, there's four big plays, five big plays. That's not sustainable for Michigan if they were to play again. You can't count on big plays, especially if you're Michigan. Like, you know, other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play? Like, yeah, I get it, but that's why they won. So I get get all of that. But on a down-to-down basis, Ohio State, was just as good, if not better, than Michigan. Like, it looked in that first half that Ohio State was going to pull away. And then they just couldn't finish. Coach Day, Coach Scared. It was not a good performance. And Michigan, from the neck up, was very loose. And so I say all of that to say that Ohio State's resume is better than Alabama's. Frankly, you could make the argument that Tennessee's resume is better than Alabama's. Um, Alabama might be two plays away from being undefeated. They're also two more plays away from having four losses. So... Um, their, their resume doesn't look great. Um, their wins aren't looking as good. You know, Ole Miss has hit the cliff. Um, you know, even their loss to LSU doesn't look as good anymore. So I think there's a lot of things there that point to Ohio State. Um, and frankly, I'm, I get the people who say, hey, if U.S. US the top four should be the same coming out of this weekend no matter what, they want to say that before these games are played? Like, what if USC gets pounded at the line of scrimmage by, by Utah? And you're going, okay, this doesn't look very good. How's this team going to fare against Georgia as a four seed? Get, get out of here. So, you know, I get it. But I would also say that I think Ohio State is better than USC. Ohio State would probably fare better than USC. And that if USC were to slip up, I would not really hesitate to put USC, or excuse me, to put Ohio State in there. And then if TCU were to slip up, I still think you'd put TCU up there. I think their strength of record is uh, the best in the country, if not top two. And um, I, I don't think they should be punished. But, again, it's, it's like the old coach Bo Pelini used to say, not what you do, but how you do it. And it's hard to make blanket statements today when we haven't seen the games yet. So let's see how it all plays out. But I will say this. Um, we have two conference championship games that kind of matter because of this four-team playoff, because, you know, the other teams can lose and still get in. In a 12-team playoff, they're all going to matter. And I'm, I'm excited for that. As much as people say, oh, you diminish the, 
the regular season with too much playoff inclusion. Well, these conference championship games, you know, by and large, don't mean a whole lot year after year. And I think that would be a, a great breath of fresh air when conference championship weekend means you you win and you're in. I think that would uh, add a little spice to it. Well, Matt, let's go to the, the conference championship weekend and start with the game that you were talking about just a little bit earlier. It's USC and Utah Friday night kickoff, and I'm not going to ask you to predict a score. I'm not going to ask you to predict against the spread. Just your, your gut feeling on who gets the win, USC-Utah. Well, I'll say USC simply because Cam Rising just has not been playing well. Um, it's really surprising, too. Utah was my preseason, one of my preseason top four teams to make the playoffs, so I'm uh, I'm pretty surprised that they have no shot going into this game. If you would have said that at the end of the season, beginning of the season, um, you know they won by a two-point conversion at Rice Eccles. Uh, this will be neutral field in Vegas. This will be a little bit different. You got um, Caleb Williams playing out of his mind. The defense playing a little bit better. It's hard to pick against USC based on the wave of momentum. But I also know that when teams have a lot on the line, we've seen Pac-12 teams in the past look at Oregon, look at others in the past two or three or four years, Utah even. You have an opportunity and you blow it. And so, you know, things get a little tight. And so I think Utah will go in there with absolutely nothing to lose. They're the more physical team. And I think they're going to make USC uh, earn everything they've got. But, uh I would like Utah to win just for the chaos so that uh, the selection committee's biggest decision isn't just the flavor of cream cheese on the bagel on Sunday morning, but actually a football conversation about who should be included. Uh, but I think USC will, will take care of it. Matt Schick with his Schick and Nick podcast with Herdad Media, of course, Sirius XM and ESPN uh, with us here, Hale Varsity Radio. Schick, we'll get you out here on this, but do you give LSU much of a shot here for an upset? No, and I didn't give them a shot four weeks ago, even after they beat Alabama, and people were running their mouths about what if they beat Georgia. Like, what's, what, why is LSU viewed at as this elite-level team? Because they beat a fallible Alabama team on a two-point conversion? Like, you know, I get it. They're riding a little wave of momentum, but um, it's, you know, Georgia, the gap between Georgia and Michigan I don't think is incredibly sizable. But the gap between Georgia and like the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth best team, I think is, especially in the trenches. And so, uh, I would be, I would be stunned. I would be more stunned if LSU beats Georgia than if Purdue beats Michigan. I'll put it that way. Wow. Well, that's where I was going to go next, Shake, and this is probably where we'll get you out. Does Purdue stand a chance A and B if if they do somehow pull off a miraculous victory? What kind of chaos would that cause to college football? Well, I, I, I guess the only chaos it would cause is if they pounded Michigan, which isn't going to happen. I, I think Michigan's playing with a mulligan here. Uh, I think they're in no matter what. I think maybe it changes what color jersey Michigan's wearing in the playoff if Purdue wins or loses, if Purdue wins that game. Um, I think that the cool thing about Purdue in its first appearance is that you know, Jeff Brom can scheme some things. Um, Purdue's going to be able to move the ball a little bit. You know, I'm always interested in teams that are just coming off this emotional, huge win over a rival and how that looks seven days later, um, let alone with the point spread, but just straight up. Um, you know, a Purdue team that kind of backed its way in and is now playing with house money, a very experienced quarterback, um, a very good wide receiver in Charlie Jones, a very good running back in Devin Mockaby, and a defense that, 
you know, I don't know if they'll be able to hold up, but are they going to be going against Blake Corm or not? So uh, I, I do give Purdue an, an opportunity here because they'll share the field with them. But, um, I, you know, Michigan will win the game, but it, it wouldn't shock me if they have to sweat it out a little bit. But I don't think it'll have any impact on the playoffs. Matt Schick with us. Find him on Twitter at ESPN underscore Schick. Matt, thanks for the time. We talked to you. You're off. Always had some fun. Thanks for uh, giving us a few minutes. Anytime, guys. Go USA. Be careful. Matt Schick with us. Sale Varsity Radio at ESPN underscore Schick. And well, other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was good. That was so funny. Man, good resource. College football playoff, another reveal happening. It'd be really cool for the Big Ten to get two teams in. As down as the Big Ten's been this year, I mean, the West has been uh, completely 180 from what it was last year where you had five nine-win teams a season ago. Northwestern blew out a majority of their staff today. Some longtime assistants because he's one of, you know, Fitz is one. You know, the only win they had, man, Nebraska, one in 11 this year. From a playoff standpoint, what Michigan did without Corum and uh, with those four big plays, it's more of a mentality and attitude. And this is year two in a row with what Michigan's done to Ohio State. Ohio State can out athlete about anybody. And Ohio State can get away with, and, and they're not as soft this year as they were last year when well, they got trounced in last, the in the in the snow. Last year they were Charmin ultra soft. Yes, uh, just faster than you, and they can bubble it. But I mean, their their philosophy has got to change. Uh, we talk a lot about Nebraska and rule and stopping the run and being able to run the football, but Ohio State's going to have to get more in tune with that as great as their skill people are and as good as their quarterbacks have been uh, when they made a run at the playoff in the playoff to the championship game it was downhill running and it was fields with a little bit of physical element in the quarterback run game well it's gonna be really interesting to see tonight whether they drop below usc in the rankings you'd think they would you would think usc would take that four spot ohio state probably in five and lsu in you can't drop all. You can't drop LSU after a win, though. So, well, they got whacked by a bad A and M team. LSU is going to free fall. That is correct. I missed that game. Uh, no, no, you're, no, you're fine though. I mean, going into it, no, there was talk about LSU. I mean, they're a three loss football team. But I mean, the question becomes now is can Ohio State get that that backdoor entrance into the college football playoff? You t- they, they I think, probably need a loss from USC. I, I th- well, I think despite the strength of schedule, I think Ohio State's a better team than TCU. And if K-State knocks them off, they were up 18 points on them the first time. TCU gets knocked off. Ohio State could sneak in. And they they will over a two-loss Bama team. And the things to watch tonight are where does Ohio State fall to and can Michigan jump Georgia? I don't think so, but maybe. Georgia's... That's a a good Ohio State team they just beat. George is pretty awesome.